Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. All of us know what it feels like to want to overcome, to want to win, but also we we can all relate to uh, the fact that we want to do over. We've had to do over. Some of us made mistakes in our lives. Some of us who are older now, can look back at different events in our life and say, oh man, if I knew then what I know now, I would do things differently. What does that have to do with today? What does that have to do with resurrection? Well, the whole idea of resurrection and the fact that God came down in the person of Jesus Christ is because God wanted to give man a do-over. God wanted to give us a chance to be able to reconcile with him and be able to have a relationship with him that was once thwarted by sin. Right. We all know the story of Adam and Eve when you were in the garden and how, you know, man disobeyed God. And as a result of their fall, Adam and Eve fell. And then that allows sin to come in the world. Sin separates us from God automatically. So from the moment that you are born, you are separated from God by sin. Right. There is this gap between you and God by sin. And it's throughout your life that God seeks to introduce himself to you, to reveal himself to you so that you might come into a saving knowledge of his love for you. Those who embrace this come into a relationship with the Lord and are begin a journey of exploration of a brand new life. And this is kind of what we talked about last week with our identity. Very, very important that we understand who we are and why we are who we are in Christ. It's vital to us as Christians, as ones who declare the name of the Lord, that believe in the Lord, that we understand all that comes with a relationship with the Lord. It's bigger than going to church. It's bigger than signing your name on a roll. It's bigger than getting baptized. It's bigger than all the things that we make and that we put in place to kind of make us feel like we're more connected to God. It's bigger than all that. There are spiritual, supernatural blessings. There, are, there is access to another kingdom that God has given us on earth. There's access to wisdom. There's access to provisions. There's access to all these things. So all this is packaged in to our relationship with Jesus. So Jesus comes down to reveal to mankind what God is really like, because there's a lot of assumptions about what God is really like. Right. And we can see that even today, you know, with all the religions and all denominations and all the interpretations and all these opinions, everybody has a different perspective of what God is like. Everybody's got a different idea of what it means to be righteous, what it means to be saved, what it means to be all this. So the question comes in, what does the Bible say? What does God himself say? What does God want us to know about him that will lead us to a real genuine relationship with him. And that's the question that this day and all of this answers. So we know we've been through Passion Week. We know that Jesus comes down, does miracles, basically teaches parables, and basically shows us what God is like, shows us God's heart towards humanity, you know, that God is not as judgmental as humans are, right? And I think that's one of those things that that it's like a great thing, right? That God is not just writing you off because you messed up. 
You know, like, like God is gracious. God desires and loves to be gracious. He's full of mercy. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to generations. He's slow to anger. He gives us new mercies every day. It's not like a rollover thing, right? You start fresh every day with God. Bible says his anger lasts a moment, which means he's not holding his anger against you. So all these connotations and these ascriptions that we place on God from a human perspective are not necessarily biblical. So Jesus comes down to show us the heart of God. He comes down to show us the compassion that God has towards humankind. The fact that God holds us all responsible for each other as human beings, as brothers and sisters. That this is not just a walk about you and your own life and your own purpose, but God is looking at how you care for your fellow men. That God is requiring you to love your enemies and requiring you to forgive and requiring you to give and requiring you to have an open mindedness towards the struggles of other people. He's requiring you to take the beam out of your own eye before you try to take the beam out of mine. He's all these things he's requiring. And now this is God who knows everything. Jesus comes and embodies the heart of God on earth. And what that does is that causes humanity to have an issue with it. So the more good Jesus did, the more the people who thought they knew God the most questioned Jesus, which ends up leading to this whole crucifixion and this whole death. But think about those people who were actually enamored by the message of Jesus Christ. They were inspired by the message of hope, the message that came to the poor, right? The gospel message came to the poor. It came to people who were hopeless. It came to people who didn't have everything that everybody else had. Here comes God in the flesh talking to the outcasts, talking to the people who were below the totem pole, the ones who were not necessarily included in society, the least of these, which all of us can relate to. Mm -hmm. We can all relate to being on the outs. And these people finally get something that they can call their own. They hear a message that they can relate to that speaks to my situation directly. And that's also putting pressure on those people who are taking advantage of me to change. It's a whole new message that's coming here and it's coming from Christ, who is the personification, the son of God, the God's heart in the earth. Right. Those people are inspired. Those people are finally have something legitimate. They finally feel like they have something real. They have some hope. Um, it's an amazing thing to think about the power of hope and the power of the concept of having a light at the end of the tunnel. Right. What interests me most about the way God allowed this whole plan to unfold with Jesus coming in humankind, living to 33 years and then having his life um, uh, taken away by humankind. But not necessarily that it was taken away because he gave it up. We know that, that that's biblical. No one can kill Jesus. Jesus gave his life for us. But the principle of, of saying the fact that God would allow this plan to unfold and allow so much pain and so much hurt to exist at the same time that his greatest blessing would exist. And it causes me to think about our time, the time that we're living in now where there's so much pain and there's so much fear and anxiety and there's so much, uh, to some people, hopelessness. But in that, God was really working a greater plan. Mm. Like God, like all of it was working together. But what was seen the most was the pain, right? So I just feel led to like encourage people like in, in the season that you're in right now, you may not be able to see the, the good in it. You may not be able to see the hopefulness in it, but God has a way 
of allowing our pain to really be a vehicle for our greatest blessings. So I, I, I want to encourage us in that Easter is victorious, but it takes in consideration the pain that brought us to this moment. Right. So speaking about legitimacy, these people had their bubbles busted when Jesus is crucified. Because what that did was he was crucified like a criminal, basically treated like a criminal, which would degrade the message that he was preaching. Dis disregard or oh, disregard yeah. it. Right. To make you feel like, oh, y'all followers, please. See, I told you it wasn't legit. I told you everything that y'all been saying, all the things he's been doing. It's not legitimate. So the one thing that today does, it legitimizes the message of Jesus Christ. And it also confirms everything that he said. If Jesus was to die on a cross and then three days later, rise from the dead. And this is not like a normal death. His body was absolutely destroyed by the torturous atrocity of crucifixion. And it wasn't just the crucifixion itself. He was whipped half the death before he was crucified. And he was kept up all night because the trial happened overnight. So there was no sleep involved. There was no eating here involved. A 33 year old body was ravaged, but three days later, was resurrected. Looking at the power of what this day represents, that even looking at our own personal lives and all the mistakes that we made and all the things that happened to us in our lives that wasn't our fault and the things that we inherited and the problems that we had gone through and the things that we're wrestling with psychologically, emotionally, physically, the abuses that we've been through in our lives, some of us have been ravaged by them. But what today represents is God's ability to resurrect you and give you a fresh start. Luke 24, we'll just read the first eight verses. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, Behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was in Galilee that the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returned from the tomb. They told all these things to the 11 and to all the rest. If we were to like encapsulate this devotional today, I would ask us to remember what he told you. Remember what he told you. We've been going through the whole series of uh, spiritual warfare. We ended up last week, but we've been really focusing on who we are in Christ and how beautifully this ties in is amazing because the Lord has given us instructions on how we can live the Christian life. He's given us clues on how we can navigate these uncertain times. He's told us about wisdom. He's told us about discernment. He's told us about the fact that it doesn't matter if you're Jew, Gentile, black or white, that you are a new creation, a new race in Christ. And because you have all these rights, and you have all these privileges, it behooves you to take advantage so that you are not living beneath where God wants you to live in this human life. That's what. He told us that's what we know because we heard it. Right. And if we haven't heard it, we should go back and listen to it because it is vital to our life 
in Christ. In the coming days, God has given us keys to be able to navigate the unknowns that are ahead of us. Mm. There are going to be a lot of unknowns that are getting ready to happen. I, we were, we were um, talking this week to our kids and just talking about how crazy the world is right now. Just like how dark the world is and how it's okay to make satanic sneakers. Right? It's a real thing. Like, it's not like, you know, some, like, it's, it's, they were sold, 666 sneakers in the name of Satan were sold. And we're now calling evil good and good evil. And I think I, I touched on that one other time before. Mm-hmm. The fact that now what we would have called deplorable and completely unacceptable and oh, we didn't in, even in, thought about it, like making it public or something like that. Right. Like, it was it done at least behind closed right. doors. Now it has become so mainstream and common that when you speak out against it, you are now labeled the wrong person, mm-hmm. the wrong one. You are now labeled the one uh, expressing hate speech and discriminating and mm-hmm. not being loving and inclusive and mm-hmm. all those things. So we're literally seeing evil being called good and good is now evil. Mm-hmm. And now, now, like we said last week with Apostle Paul ending the book of Ephesians, that epistle, he says, pray for me mm. that I will have the confidence and the boldness to be able to speak on Christ's behalf. The same thing yeah. goes for us. Yeah. Like we need to pray for each other that we will have the boldness to speak out against the evil that is coming on the land. Yeah. Because I have a feeling we haven't even seen the half. Oh, no. I mean, I mean, and, and this is this is really why this is this is one of the most amazing and most challenging times to declare your faith in Christ. You know, like this, this, this is this is the time where we're going to have to really live this thing out. And I'm not saying go on Amazon and get a soapbox so that you can go on a corner and and, you know, with a bullhorn and start preaching the gospel. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is your light needs to really be on because there are some people and this is what happens. Like when things when things become mainstream, like we're using this as an example, when things become mainstream, people who might have questioned the um, well, well, maybe this is too far. Right. Because the thing is, there are going to always be people on the line of conversion. Right. Or on the line of right and wrong. Like they've grown up and they've had experiences in their life where they're like, you know what? Now is the time for me to really know the truth. I want to know the truth about me. I want to know the truth about God. I've had experiences. I've had things happen in my life. And it's kind of like, "Mm, now there's got to be more out here. And when things like that happen that are blatantly evil or in your face evil, it causes people to be drawn more towards, wait, but this is wrong, isn't it? And right where people are questioning that's where they're looking for the light, right? So there's some of us who are called to the street corner. Some of us are called to the marketplace. Some of us are called to pulpits. But there are a lot of us that are called to just being a light as a neighbor. To just being that person that, that they see in their community that just represents a level of hope to them. That is going to be available for God to speak through. And the, the opportunity to speak may come in a simple conversation. Right. With your Uber driver. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Just a casual conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and at that moment, the opportunity 
will present itself to speak on Christ's behalf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's happened so many times. And I know some, some of you can relate, you know, to, to the fact that, you know, I just keep running into this person or feeling like God is after me or God is really trying to get a message to me or I need to get myself together or I, I just want to know the truth. And these are the days where a lot of people are on the cusp of discovering the truth about themselves and the truth about God. And it's our responsibility to understand who we are in Christ. How God sees you is more important than how you see yourself. How God sees you is more important than your deficiencies, than than what you feel that you're lacking. God wants you to know who he has called you to be. And he wants you to believe that. So that your life will line up with God's purpose for it so that you'll have the provision you need. You have all those things that you need because you are walking in the purposes of God. So in this particular text here, Jesus had told them what was getting ready to happen. Right. All before this all happened, before the crucifixion, before all this horrible stuff happened, Jesus had been saying, listen, there's one more thing that's getting ready to happen. There's one more thing that I got to do that's going to seal this whole thing up. And he repeated it several times. But it's amazing how a lot of times we hear what we want to hear. We don't want to hear what we don't want to hear. So it turns out that what Jesus was sharing with them was more important even than all the other stuff that he was doing. That more important than the miracles, more important than all the other stuff that he was doing, what he was telling them to remember, they forgot. And I think this is really the sentiment of Easter and resurrection. The fact that resurrection is a call to remember. It's a call to remember what the Lord has said, what he said about you. It's a call to remember what your relationship with the Lord means. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, to reflect on the possibility that you are listening to this because the Lord is after you. The possibility that the Lord does care about you, that he is concerned about you, that he does have a plan for your life. And what this day represents is a fresh start. It represents a brand new opportunity to be legitimized, to have your questions answered, to begin anew with God. So after Jesus dies, they put him just like anybody else. They put him in a tomb. Right. And the disciples are coming now to pay their respects and anoint the body and just reflect on the fact that, man, this weekend was awful. This was terrible. Our Lord is dead. Our movement is done. When they go to the tomb, something's different. Who are these dudes that are here at this tomb sitting here in this dazzling attire, what the Bible says? Basically, they were dressed in a way that would indicate that they are not common. They were dressed in a way that would indicate they are not from these parts. The men asked them a very important question. He asked them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Why are you looking for living things amongst dead things? There's a question that the Lord is asking us. Why are we messing around with stuff that's dead when we are alive? If you are alive in Christ and God has given you a new identity, why are you still hanging around with stuff that's going to bring you down? Why are you still hanging around with dead things? Why are you still messing around with dead relationships? Why are you still messing around with things that's only going to 
remind you of the old person that you're not. Why are you seeking the living things amongst the dead? There's a call to reposition ourselves now. That now that you've come into who Christ has called you to be, that you are now to embrace that, giving your attention more towards things that are going to encourage you to, to do the right thing. That's going to challenge you in areas of your life that you once would have been complacent. You're now setting yourself up for accountability, that you're setting yourself up to win, right? You, you, you're picking players on your kickball team that are going to help you win, right? You're fully embracing the fresh start. Why are you seeking the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you this when y'all was hanging out in Galilee? The Lord's calling us once again to remember, right? Whenever you start getting discouraged, whenever you start getting down, whenever you start getting fearful and anxious, don't you remember that I said you belong to me? Don't you remember that I told you you don't fight the devil, you resist him? Don't you remember I told you to submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee? Don't you remember that you got to put your helmet of salvation on? So when your thoughts start overwhelming you, that, and this is a call to remember everything that was done. Christ rising from the dead solidifies the whole gospel message. Not even death can separate us from the love of God. That's amazing. Not even death can separate us from God's purpose for our life. That no matter what situation we have, what problems we go through, not even death itself can separate us from God's purpose in our lives. So it was the gruesome crucifixion and the death of Christ that causes us to be able to see the opportunity that God has given us all to have a fresh start. A fresh start is equivalent to a resurrection. In order for us to fully walk into what God has called us to and to fully be a Christian, you must decide to let go of your old body your old life. And that's a choice. Like so many people that, that we, we've talked to and even, you know, growing up in church and stuff, one of, one of the lingering prevailing things that a lot of us deal with is condemnation. Like we always dealing with feeling guilty, feeling ashamed, feeling not good enough. And it, it's like that old body has never, like you look in the mirror and you see that old body. You see all the scars from your past. You see all these, all these blemishes and all these things. And the Lord is saying, I have made you new when you come to me. When you come to me and submit yourself to me and surrender your life to me, I have made you new. Your job is to fully embrace that. Fully embracing who God has made you, who God has called you. Old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. So there's an embracing of the newness. That will come from us constantly reminding ourselves of what the Lord has said to us. And that's why coming together in a community like this, reading the scriptures, praying, staying around people who are going to encourage you to walk with the Lord are all important in helping us to renew our minds and keep our minds focused on who God says we are and not who we feel like we are or are not.
It's very important that the Easter message is beyond commercialism. It, it speaks to the heart of a fresh start. It speaks to the heart that God has designed this plan for us all to walk in a newness of life that we have never and would have never had access to otherwise. Right. That Jesus got up from the grave as a sign to us that we can also get up out of our graves. Right. And whatever your grave is, right, your grave may be insecurity. Your grave may be that you've been abused, that, that you've had horrible experiences, you had broken relationships. You know, whatever your grave is, whatever that thing is that makes you feel like there's no hope, the struggles that you go through, the vices that you wrestle with, that you idolize and make unworthy of God's forgiveness. All of that is living with an old mindset. All of that is not embracing the newness that God is charging us to embrace. The hardest thing about salvation is it requires you to forgive yourself. And Apostle Paul talks about this all the time, about being basically being crucified with Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, mm -hmm. we once we. And I always say this, we come into the realization and the not the full knowledge of Christ and, and our need for him. We ourselves, our fleshly mortal bodies, we now have to crucify ourselves Mm -hmm. So that we can be raised with Christ. So he was the first to do it, right? The, mm -hmm. the, the first begotten, right? Yep. He tasted death in that sense from sin first so that he could taste resurrection. When he raised Lazarus from uh -huh. the dead and he said, I'm the resurrection, the resurrection and the yeah. life, right? Even though you die, you don't really die because you, you're going to be raised in, with me, in me, yeah. pretty much. So there's that promise that he now fulfilled See, I told you, I'm the resurrection. Mm -hmm. So now that I died and was risen, the same thing goes for you. Mm -hmm. Now you can die and be risen again. Both physically, we die, but we don't really die. But then spiritually, we're crucified with Christ, mm -hmm. but we live. When we're raised spiritually, we're not living in ourselves. We're living in Christ, mm -hmm. right? It's not I, but the Christ that lives in me and the life that I live. I live by the son of God now. So yeah, now by faith in the son of God, I, right. by faith in the son of God. So mm -hmm. now my life is hidden. Like we said, you know, in weeks past, mm -hmm. our lives are hidden in Christ. So right. we've been crucified and now we're raised up as a new creation. And now our lives are in Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's to me, that's the safest place it's in liberating. the world and it yeah. is liberating because the pressure gets taken off of you because now it's not me is is Christ in me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love the last clause in that, you know, what where it says who loves me. Right. Mm -hmm. Does it say who loved me and gave himself for me. Right. right. So the whole idea of resurrection and the passion of Christ is hinged on the fact that he loved me and gave himself for me. Right. Right. He loves me. And to prove that he loves me, he gave himself for me. Like, I didn't ask him to do it. I didn't know to ask him to do it. He did it because he loves me. The beautiful thing about a walk with God is you can start fresh every day. You can reset every single day. Why not today? Why not allow the spirit of resurrection to permeate your being today and cause you to be like, you know what? I'm tired of doing things my own way. I'm surrendering to the Lord. 
I'm surrendering in my heart. Let's stop living beneath our privileges. Let's remember what the Lord has told us. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to um, yeah. read this in closing. Mm -hmm. Colossians 3, 1 through 4 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, mm. where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Mm. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Amen. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And that's the hope we have. That's the promise we have that the payoff to dying is living. Mm. We live eternally. Mm -hmm. So our mind is not on the things on this earth. And that's a daily yes, it is. struggle. Yes, but it our is. mind is not on the things of this earth, but they're on things above. Mm -hmm. So that when Christ comes and appears, we can appear with him. Amen. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this day, this time of coming together. Thank you, Lord. That has been set apart and ordained. We thank you for uh, your constant word speaking to us, encouraging us, admonishing us, oh God, making us stronger. Thank you. Maturing us. We thank you. For that, God, we thank you for this day in particular and what it represents. We thank you because Jesus tasted death for us so that we don't have to taste eternal damnation. Mm. And we have the right to reconcile with you and be Amen. with you eternally, God. We thank you for that privilege. We thank, thank you, you for what Christ did. We thank you because we are crucified with him, but we are also raised with him, God. Mm. And we have the promise of eternal life and the, the promise to appear with Christ in glory because mm. of the fact that we died and were crucified and now raised. Yes. Lord, I pray, God, that we take this opportunity to embrace the newness of life that comes with Christ mm. and that we live our life mm. in the freedom that mm. resurrection brings, God, mm. that we embrace the newness and the fresh start that you give us. Yes. The new mercies that you allow us to see every single day. Help us to embrace that so that in turn we can share it with others, God. Mm. I pray your grace on the listeners and those that are receiving your word. Yes. That we would just continue to grow in it and in the knowledge of you, God. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. The righteous one in and they are saved. The righteous one in and they are saved. We hope you've been blessed by what we shared. You can follow us at Sunny Devotionals on Instagram and like us on Facebook, where we can continue our discussions and keep in touch. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.